Hey, this is Dan Dowdy, the host of the Bill for Trades podcast, and today uh, I'm here with my fellow team member here at Bill for the Trades. We're going to talk all about building a marketing strategy and really helping people avoid taking the shotgun approach to marketing. Ah. So if you're tired of just feeling like you're dumping thousands of dollars into this endless hole called Google, <laughs> then stay tuned because we're going to help you build a strategic marketing strategy for your business that will get you the ROI that you're looking for. You ready to go, Nathan? Yeah, I'm excited. It's All right, good. so let's dive in. So before we jump into this, we just want to um, ask our audience that, uh, you know, if you like what you hear on Buffalo Trades Podcast, please share this with a friend and, and leave us a review. Review helps. All the reviews really help guide our future conversations. And our goal here is to help you, your team, your organization grow through leadership development. And so... Uh, in previous podcasts, you probably heard us talk about vision tools. You heard us talk about building your vision map. Well, something else we do whenever we onboard a client is we help them build their marketing strategy. Yeah, we, and we have a great tool for that. Uh, we call it a marketing strategy questionnaire. And we'll, we'll be going through the questions on this questionnaire um, today. But if you want to get a, a copy of this, we'll have it on our website. So if you go look up this podcast episode, um, we'll have a blog post, you know, all about it. And we'll have a, a link to this marketing strategy questionnaire if you want to go through it yourself. Good deal. So let's dive in. So I wanted to start with a quote. And uh, the quote is, a leader is the one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. That's by John C. Maxwell. And, um, you know, when it comes to building a vision and communicating a vision, having a marketing strategy is so, so important. I mean, I, I yeah. talked about it in the intro, uh, but really uh, there's a lot of things that companies do. And one is just take a shotgun approach to their marketing yeah. and become very reactionary with their marketing. Mm -hmm. Really, business owners are reactionary in general <laughs> if they don't have a plan, like if they don't know the way, right? Um, but with what we teach you today, it's it's all about being strategic with your marketing, right? It's all about having a good, diverse plan, having a good budget, mm -hmm. and just continuing to press into that. Yeah. Um, I had a, a recent situation where a business owner, uh, they weren't getting enough calls in their business, and uh, between coaching calls, which is only every, every two weeks, um, they... <laughs> They're probably listening to this. <laughs> now they sign I mean, between. I mean, like, look, like this is a great story, right? They they take a grasp of whatever they can grab, and so they mm -hmm. sign up for a complete year of a whole new marketing plan mm -hmm. um, because it was a good deal. But it's thousands and thousands of dollars, and, and they're just kind of throwing things at the wall and see if they stick. And if they don't yeah. stick, they throw something else at the wall. That becomes a very expensive approach to your marketing. So, um, so today we're going to help you avoid that. We're going to help you focus on really is what's going to make you money in your business. So when you build this strategy moving forward, you have that marketing engine moving and going and really you should just be turning it up and turning it down as necessary. Yeah, no, that's good. We want to help you get the best ROI you can, right? And feel like you, 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 your efforts are focused, your money is focused on where it needs to be. And um, yeah, you're just not wasting money. That's it. So let's start with demographic. That's the number one thing on our list here, Nathan. And uh, we talk about describing the company avatar. Now, when I use the word avatar, you usually get like this blank stare. People are like, I really don't know what you're talking about. Don't worry, because when I first learned about this, I had no idea what that person was talking about either. So, um, But really, it's your ideal customer, the person yeah. that, that you're wanting to attract, right? right. And you want right. to kind of... Uh, write down who this person is and so the first one of the first questions we ask in building your demographic is 
Um, what's the age range of this customer that you're looking to attract? And, we, and I like to look at about 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say, well, I want to attract somebody that are uh, uh, my ideal avatar is uh, ages 25 to 45. And that's the avatar. And so the next question we go into is we talk about um, the age of the home, if you're a home service company, right? Like uh, the value of the homes that you're wanting to serve. That's that's a big one. Like a lot of people think, well, I just want to go out and got all these million dollar houses because million dollar houses are so awesome. They're so big and fancy. But the realization they come to a lot of times is that the million dollar homeowners are some of the most pain in the butt homeowners you deal with, <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe we actually want to attract or... Uh, serve homes that are depending on your market all different but maybe you know upper middle class right yeah and um, and so once they start to realize that the light bulb comes on and they realize like wow I'm marketing the wrong areas yeah and this is good this is this is beginning to paint a picture of who your ideal customer is and we'll talk here in a minute about how you use that but thinking through this and writing as many details down as you can is going to help you um, throughout all of your marketing, your website, and a lot of different things. So this is not just something, you know, just sort of an exercise, but you're going to actually use this information. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about that here in a second. Um, one more thing on demographic, because we can go on and on about that. But um, let's, let's just say you're wanting to attract somebody, you know, 25 to 45 that has a family, right? Yep. Uh, that's going to look different than if you wanted to attract somebody 25 to 45 that's single, um, you know, the, the way your marketing looks in general is going to look different. The pictures right. you, that you're using on your website or social media is going to look a little different, right? Because right. you're wanting to have, you're wanting your, your ideal customer, your avatar to have that emotional connection with your business. Yeah, that's right. And, and this also correlates to, um, this is jumping ahead a bit, but you know, whatever age you're looking for, you want to be on the platforms that they're on which sort of seems obvious, but if, you know, yeah. like the older, I forget exactly where the cutoff is now, but, you know, say 40 years to 40 to 60 year olds, they may be on Facebook, but 20 to 30 year olds may not be on Facebook anymore. They may only be on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever the latest one is, right? So the platforms you want to be on are going to be determined by the age of the avatar that you're looking for, your ideal customers, right? Yeah, that's good. So now the next piece of the marketing strategy is going to be your geographic uh, locations of where you know where does that customer live right yep um, this goes back to the home values so let's just say your home values between five hundred and seven hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars you can look within a certain radius of your shop location and you could really start to target neighborhoods that fit that home value or maybe you want to work in homes that are like that but 10 years and older mm-hmm. so now you're starting to really take a targeted approach to your marketing and you're reaching out to those people who live in those homes no, that's great. And, and by writing down, you know, the counties, the uh, cities, you know, maybe maybe your service area encompasses several cities. You want to write all of those city names down and have that list because that's going to help you when it comes to SEO on your website. And that's going to be something useful yeah. to hand to your marketing agency or you know, if you're doing it in-house to them. But you're going to want to have a list of all of those um, written down because all of those need to get on your website and be used in your marketing material. Yeah, it's funny. There's uh, some companies that we work with that are in other states, and they're like, oh, my my uh, ideal uh, geographic locations is 10 miles from my shop. And I think about where we live here in Texas. Like, 10 miles from our shop would be like <laughs> half of that would be fields and pastures and nothing. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> here in Texas, it would be more like a 60-mile radius yeah, exactly. of, a, of any location to get enough people to serve there. Um, so, number three... Um, it's going to be your psychographic and 
it says list of services offered, um, but more or less of the most profitable services you offer. Because once again, like if you can just imagine a picture, you're building this marketing strategy. And if you, if you were to draw a bullseye on the wall, this marketing strategy should be the center of your bullseye, right? It's your most profitable area, most profitable services. It doesn't mean you won't serve outside that bullseye, but what it means is when you're busy, all your calls should be in that bullseye. So if you have if you have a customer calling who's on the bullseye or outside the bullseye, and then you have a customer calling who's on the bullseye, you can easily call that customer who's not in your bullseye and replace it with somebody who is dead center of your marketing strategy. If you know what I mean. So it really takes that targeted approach to how you're doing it. So um, yeah, psychographic. So listing all the services out, and then just like you said, when you communicate that on your website. Yeah, you're gonna list those services out because when you start a company, I mean, I, I, everybody there's gonna relate to this statement. When you start a company, you're all things to all people. Right. As you grow your company and as you develop your leadership and your leadership teams, you have to start narrowing down those services because if you continue to be all things to all people, then your service quality goes down. Yeah. Yeah, it's much. It, yeah, the the natural progression is gonna be you're gonna start uh, targeting on those. Um, services that you you um, do the best and are most profitable, and and by putting those things on your website, like Dan's saying, you, you might do more than those top two or three services, but by putting those two or three on your website, that's what you're going to be start to become known for, and so you're going to start attracting more of those services, and mm-hmm. and when customers don't see what they're looking for, that's great. Your website is acting as a filter to filter out those customers, so it really becomes a really useful um, way to help naturally filter out customers and attract the ones you want and the ones you don't want are, are gonna go elsewhere. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of a, a marketing, I think I was listening to a marketing podcast or something, and they were talking about the energy that it takes or the calories that the potential client has to burn to do business with you. Yes. Do you, are, do you know that, do you mind sharing with the audience yeah. more what that looks like? Yeah, so you know, if a customer um, comes to your website, and let's say they have a leak, right? So they have, they have it's an emergency, it's a leak. They come to your website and they have to, um, you know, scroll down quite a ways, and they're reading through a lot of different words to even get to your list of services, and they don't see leak on there, right? They're burning cal- like they're they're in emergency. They're kind of you know they're um, they're upset, right? Like they're they're not uh, you know they're not slowly carefully reading through your website right they're trying to get a solution to their problem quickly so like all those all this extra information and stuff on the website is burning calories right it's wasting Mm. calories as they're trying to get to their solution so they're going to get frustrated um so kind of the, the idea is you want your customers to burn the fewest amount of calories so you can tell them that like yes i can solve your problem right so you want to say that at the top of your web page you want to say it very clearly so if like you know leaks is is your thing you would want that to be very prominent right at the top like you got a leak call here right it should be that simple that way when someone lands on your web page they don't burn many calories at all right it's like <laughs> oh leak yeah that's me i got a leak oh call you okay done right like they don't have to scroll through they, they don't want to hear like your story about how you got started you know 50 years ago and all that kind of stuff right that's wasting uh, those calories i guarantee you people listening are going to their website right now uh, to see <laughs> yeah that, that that really pissed me off one time i was talking to a marketing person and they were looking at a previous website of one of my companies and they were like um you know like 
wow, you're really proud of yourself and, and what, and what you've accomplished. You yep. know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I am like, look how, you know, but the reality <laughs> is what they're saying is like the customers don't care about that. Really. They don't care about that. Yeah. What they care about is, is can you fix their problem? Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. the initial thing you need to need to focus on. Uh, number four in the marketing strategy is uh, building or is just documenting your proven process. And we put name of like naming your service system. So for a lot of, Companies who are, are growing and stuff, they may not even have any systems. Yep. Um, but the, it's key to have a, a key service system in your business, especially if you're a service company. And it's usually like a 10-step system that kind of tells your team what the standards are for communicating with your customers from yep. start to finish. And so, um, you know, here at Built for the Trades, ours is called the Flow to Success, right? And we help our clients uh, not only build that for their uh, service technicians, but also their customer service department, and then even their leadership team. So it's good to have that standard because, once again, as you're growing, you have target marketing, and you want to keep your service, your five star service up. So if you have no standard for that, then the five star service or whatever star service is being given is up is let up to is left up to your team members. It's not going to be consistent, right? It's not consistent, right? Yeah. So if they get uh, Bill out there one day to do a service call mm-hmm. and then 6 months later they call again and get Joe, well, if there's no consistent system there, yeah. it's it, it's going to be a bad experience potentially, right? Or a different experience and um, when it comes to customer experience it's the sum of all the experiences. It's not just one experience. It's all the, in other words, that'd be like your touch points, right? So you might call, so that's one touch point. Somebody comes out, that's another touch point. Maybe there's a follow-up two weeks later with a different person, that's another touch point. Maybe there's a follow-up email, the building, like all those little pieces are touch points, right? And you want them to all be consistent with your values and your business. So um, yeah, so step, I mean, step, step one here is if you don't have a service system, um, write it down, create one, right? And then for the purposes of, of your marketing, give it a name. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's simply giving it you know, a name that um, you know, fits your values, your, your business, um, the kind of services you're offering. But there, there is something about having your system named that makes it feel more substantial to your customer, makes your customer feel like, wow, they've done this so much, they're so good at this, they, they've, it's systematized, they have a checklist, they clearly know what they're doing, right? It just, it helps the customer feel comfortable with going with you. That's good, that's good. All right, so the next number five here is your guarantee to your customers. What do you think the most number one guarantee? Uh, money back? Yeah, typically, right? Yeah. 100% satisfied of your money back? Yeah. Yeah, so that's typically the most commonly used guarantee so yeah you could use that right Mm -hmm. but the customers are used to seeing that so i would say be unique be creative Mm -hmm. with your with your guarantee and that should be something that is listed on your marketing because at the end of the day you want your customers to have peace of mind knowing that if they call you whether we make a mistake or a mistake or not right Mm -hmm. it's going to be fixed we're going to make sure it's correct at the end that's good so. And, and this is, um, you know, one area you could get creative if you want. This kind of relates to our next one, which is about being unique. But um, kind of from the marketing world, uh, it, you you can make your guarantee so good that it it alleviates all um, kind of blockers from the customer. Right. So if the if the customer is a little unsure and they see that you know money back guarantee that makes them feel like at ease, right? Like, okay, they're gonna take care of me. But what if you had like a hundred and fifty percent guarantee, a two hundred percent guarantee? 
right? Like you could you could kind of go crazy, if you will, with your guarantee and and add even more comfort to to them and help kind of differentiate you from other people. Um, and, and the good thing is generally you don't ever have to use those. So even if you did have like a 200% guarantee, um, you'll, you'll very rarely need to use it. So it just, just an idea that's sometimes used in the marketing world. I like it. The next one is your three uniques. So I, we put in here, like what makes you different than your competitors? Yeah. Um, and that's always a good one for a team to think through because mm-hmm. they realize like what they initially come up with is exactly like their competitors. So they have <laughs> yeah. to really, really think about what makes them different. Yeah. Um, and being like homegrown or locally owned, family owned, I know that's pretty common, mm-hmm. but in, in the day and age we live in, I think that's even, that's really important now because a lot of your competitors are franchises or yeah. nationwide companies and right. uh, it, the buzzword of shopping local is pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. and. Um, yeah, you, you want to, these should, so if you have your core values written out, some of these unique things can flow directly out of those core values. So that's something that we, we work with clients a lot on, um, usually when we're first engaging with them, is developing their core values. So that would be a good place to look to, is how, how can I rewrite our core values into um, you know, a statement to our customers that shows that we're, we're unique. Yeah, and that's the cool thing. It's like the, once you write your three uniques, what separates you from your competitors, then you can use that in all different areas of your marketing. Yeah. It really will separate you. Yeah, and really, all, so the answers to all of these are gonna inform where, you know, what social platforms you're gonna be on, where you're gonna, where your ads are gonna be targeted, the language you, you use in your ads, um, in your social posts, right? Like all of your answers to this, you wanna have this and hand this to your marketing person or, or marketing company. And they're going to use this to influence, yeah, how they post, where they post, all of that. All right, cool. Any other uniques that you can think of, Nathan, that people could use uh, when they're they're talking about their business? Um, No. It's a broad question, huh? That is a broad question. (laughs) I'd have to know more about the company. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so let's dive into the next next piece. Um, What I usually, at this point ask clients to do is list out all their marketing services that they offer. Just bullet point a list out all the way down the page, right? Um, once you air all that out, you're going to see things like, you know, your SEO, like your website, you know, maybe your pay-per-click ads, uh, direct mailers, I mean, uh, email marketing, social media, all these different things, right? They're going to list all those things out, yellow pages, whatever it is. and then I ask them to draw three buckets and they draw a sales bucket or they draw one bucket and they put sales at the top and they draw one but another bucket they put retention and they draw another bucket the third bucket and they put community and then I ask them to move over each one of their marketing efforts into the bucket that it correlates with and typically what happens is they fill up their sales bucket mm-hmm. and then their retention bucket is empty and their yep. community bucket is completely empty yeah so like when people are so sales focused it really limits um, the organic growth of your business. It really limits the um, uh, the cost per lead. And what I mean is when you're only sales focused, not only is your cost per lead high, right? Because there's yeah. no branding efforts going yeah. on. There's no community efforts and things like that. There's no customers calling us back time and time again. Right. Um, 
And so it becomes a very expensive uh, hole of, like I said when we started, like the expensive hole of Google where you're just throwing in thousands of dollars hoping something's going to happen. So if you think, you know, you spend, say, $5 to acquire a lead and that that lead, because you've done good at branding, you've done good at all your touch points, like they had a good, good experience, they come back again. Well, now, kind of the, if you look at the lifetime value of that customer, instead of costing $5 for two customers, if you're all, only sales focused, then you'd be spending $5 for, say, two customers versus if you do branding as well. You spend $5 to acquire the customer, they come back again, well now it costs $0 the second time. Mm -hmm. So you can think of it as you just halved your cost to acquire that customer, now it's two fifty. dollars If they come back a third time, then you divide that $5 by three. Mm -hmm. right? So your cost to acquire the customer goes down if you do the retention piece well, you do the community piece well. Man, only if you could acquire a customer for five dollars nowadays. Well, yeah, that's. I think in the in the trade space, it's more like five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, five hundred dollars a lead <laughs> if you're just pay per clicking. You're you know paying for pay per clicks and things like that. So, yeah. this is a really really important part of the marketing engine and uh, diversifying that. So things that would go in your retention area would be things like um, you know email marketing, maybe uh, social communication, different social platforms, because you got to think, people don't get in their social channel and say, what was that HVAC company again, because I need to call them real quick. Like, you want to be coming across their channel and entertaining them enough and giving yeah. them enough feed that it, it becomes it becomes top of mind top to them, mind. because really yes, what they're exactly. going to do is go on Google and search you, yeah. click on your website, figure out how to book and book and yeah. get it done like that. So that's the idea, right? Even with email too, right? It's even even if they don't open the email, if they see an email in their inbox from you, they're going to be reminded of you, and that email just did its job. <laughs> right? Even if they're that's not going to, cool. you know, book because they don't have an issue today, but if they just are reminded on a weekly basis or so, oh, the, you know, this is the, my plumbing company. Oh, they're emailing me again. You know, the, you're you're staying top of mind, and that's that's the goal with the retention piece. That's good. Another retention piece that's really underrated um, and is mm -hmm. old school old is school. stickers. It works. Yeah, like if you're a home service company and your techs aren't putting stickers on mm -hmm. garbage disposals or water heaters or um, HVAC units or things like that, and yep. your um, electrical panels, like you're really, really missing a cheap form of retention marketing. Yeah, we just moved into a, a couple of years ago. We moved into an old house, and I was working on the um, under the sink. Yeah, I think it was maybe the, I don't know if it's on the garbage disposal or in the cabinet. But either way, I opened it up and there was a sticker, and and I had an issue. That's who I called first. Now they happen to be out of business, but I did, I did call them. <laughs> hey, you called them. <laughs> I called them. I was like, hey, they've been here before. They they knew what they were doing. I, I need help again. So yeah, it works. Another piece of retention marketing um, memberships. You know. If you're a company that's selling peace of mind mm -hmm. and selling relationships and selling experience, mm -hmm. then um, having a peace of mind of knowing that you're going to come out multiple times a year and tune up my HVAC unit or my furnace or something like that, yeah. uh, or check my plumbing system or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Like having that membership is a great retention tool for customers. Uh, yeah, this is this is great because it. It gives the customer peace of mind. It gives you a reason to interact with the customer and stay top of mind for you know any other issues that they that may arise. Um, and this kind of correlates to the email piece too, right? Like if you have quarterly checkups, then you know a month out from the checkup, you can send an email. A week out, you know you can just you can send reminders. So any reason to interact with the customer, stay top of mind, is a great thing. Then when go into the community bucket. Um, Obviously, your core values help you in everything that you do as far as 
how you're portraying yourself and your company, but really there's opportunities for um, giving back, whether it's um, you know financially giving back or your team going out and bagging groceries for a nonprofit yeah. or, or just doing something like that. And uh, not only is that gonna help you with branding and your community and your reputation, uh, but it's also gonna help you with your team culture. Yeah. Yeah, and the core values and giving back, these are great ways to um, to communicate to the community who you are and that you care about the community. So that's gonna be great on the customer side, but this is also really good on um, attracting talent into your business mm, too. That's good. Um, attracting new techs, new, you know, whomever. Um, but the people who you're looking to hire, if they're going out there and checking out your business and they see that, oh wow, my values align with theirs, they, go, they give back to the community. They care about the things I care about. They're mm -hmm. far more likely gonna to wanna to come talk to you and work with you. So and we actually have an entire ebook on this called Three Steps to Attract and Retain Talent. And this is a piece of it, is communicating who you are um, using social media, using your marketing. Um, so yeah, you can go grab that ebook at our website if you wanna check that out. And then, yeah, on the community, once again, like you said, if you know your avatar, um, either your avatar customer or your avatar next hire team member, right? Mm -hmm. Then you should easily be able to look at the year in review and community events and yep. decide, okay, am I going to go to trade shows? Am I going to go to uh, farmer's market? Am I going to go to whatever I'm going to go to, right? Maybe mm -hmm. auto shows. It could be anything yep. in your community and yep. having a booth there and being present. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe even having a mascot for your company would be really cool. <laughs> yep. like a, a great way for the kids to really enjoy it, Stand especially out. if your avatar is a family. Like right. maybe it's, you know, like we talked about earlier, family with a couple kids, mm -hmm. then why do you not have a, a mascot in your business, right? Absolutely. Like you could totally rock that and the kids would love that. I, and it'd be fun too, like your technicians could have like a little stuffed animal with a mascot and when they go do <laughs> service at a call to house and somebody gets a membership, maybe oh, it comes great. with a mascot for the yeah. kids, a little stuffed animal. Yeah, that would be memorable, right? They would always remember that mm -hmm. and they would love that and they would that would be an emotional connection. Yeah, that's great. Um, another key here too is you're you're thinking about where you want to focus your sales efforts, your retention efforts, your community efforts to go back through the three buckets. But uh, as you're as you're working with you know your marketing person in house or marketing company, you you want to um, start measuring your results if you're not already. Mm -hmm. um, so that can be weekly or I would say at the at the longest length of time you'd want to look at is monthly. You should be giving some kind of report that shows where your money's going, how it's being spent, to make sure it's it's going in the places you want it to. Yeah, and the simplest form of measuring results is uh, giving each one of these uh, different marketing. Uh, categories or, st or strategies here a different phone number so you, the phone number is coming in you can track it through whatever system mm -hmm. that you're running and um, you know I, I'm not always a fan of tracking every single marketing campaign you have but the ones that you're investing the most money in I do say you track yeah. and um, really marketing is more I mean the, the ultimately we, we market right to earn a revenue for our business yeah. and so for everybody listening out there, I mean, you can have the best marketing strategy and you can invest a lot of money in it and have a great budget and do all these different things. But the other piece of it, the other 50% of getting a great revenue is going to be how your team or what your team does with it. Yeah. Right. The phone rings. What does your team do with it? Yeah. And if your team's not trained and they're not equipped, then uh, your marketing efforts, building the best marketing strategy in the world is going to fall flat. Yeah, that's right. 
But if, you know, if leads are more your problem, then, you know, you need to get your marketing engine working, get everything in place. And then, yeah, then you can start measuring those results, right? How many times are you booking per call? Yeah. I mean, there's lots of times that, uh, that. You, you know, if I have a client here that says, hey, look, I'm just not getting the marketing results that I want to get, not getting enough, not booking enough phone calls, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we typically start with grading our team and seeing yeah. uh, what are we doing with the calls coming in, listening to the calls. Yeah making sure we're allocating them right Mm -hmm. and making sure that uh, we're actually getting the right booking percentage. Mm -hmm. And what we come to find out a lot of times is it it goes from showing a 90% booking rate to like a 60% booking rate (laughs) or a 50 or a 40, right? Because the reality is, 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 uh, until you really start diving in, people can kind of fudge the numbers a little bit sometimes, especially depending on who's listening to it and how they're allocating it. If you're even allocating it at all, yeah, you know, it's really important. Um, another key piece, as we're kind of coming to close here, is relationships, right? Relationships are so key uh, to be successful in marketing, um, you know, really having a marketing company that you partner with, that you trust. Mm-hmm is really, 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 really important. I think as you grow a business, you start to bring more marketing in house. Mm-hmm. Um, so that looks a little bit different, but for the yeah. smaller companies that are up and coming, um, if you're not the squeaky wheel, if you're not the one who can who is consistently communicating yep. with your marketing team uh, or your marketing company, right? Then you're going to be kind of set, set it and forget it type thing. Like, yeah. especially some of these bigger marketing companies, they have a lot of clients, so they're going to build your strategy, hit play, and forget about you. And the reality is, it's Google's always changing up their algorithms. They're always changing things up uh, in order to um, make people. How I say, they're always changing things up in order to make people spend more money, right? In order to <laughs> yeah, how to make get more money from exactly, you. Exactly. Yeah, there you yeah, go. I mean, yeah, really, that's exactly. the reality. That's the name of the game for them. Yeah, um, is, is changing it up. So what was working three weeks ago may not still be working today. Yeah, no, that that's a good point, and and, and I, I talked about getting weekly or monthly reports. I think a part of that should be holding, telling your marketing company, hey, I want a monthly report, and I want to go through it with you on a one-hour call, you know, once a month. I don't, I think that's not, you know, um, not unreasonable to ask them to do that. But to your point, part of what you're wanting to do is under look at the numbers with them, have them explain what's happening. You can ask questions. You can say what's you know what's changed or is there something a new platform or a new thing we should be trying. It just gives you the opportunity to check in and make sure you're staying on top of it. That's good. So all this information. Hope you took notes. Started building <laughs> your marketing strategy. I, I'm just going to say it like I say it all the time. It is like don't overcomplicate this. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, a simple marketing strategy is better than no marketing strategy at all. If you yeah. take this and overcomplicate it, the chances of you getting it started or even, I mean, to completion at all, it's, it really goes down a lot. Yeah, and we, before we started rolling the cameras, we were talking about how it really we feel like it's best to just pick one platform where your avatar is and focus on getting good at that platform. So if we're trying to kind of boil it all down, I would say first go through answer these questions to get an understanding of what your target is and then pick a platform and get really good at it. Um, don't don't try to do all the platforms all at once. Just pick one, get really good at that. Then once you feel comfortable, you've kind of got a process in place to get content out there consistently, then move on to a second or third platform. But just really master one at a time. That's good, man. Yeah, it's, it's not how many uh, platforms you can be on, right? It's how many platforms that you can do consistently. Yeah. 
that's that's the key. That's the key. Yeah, because yeah, a, a lot of these things we want instant gratification, and we want to see the results. Like, man, okay, we tried this for a week; it's not working. Let's go to the next one. It's like, hold on, pump your brakes. Like, yeah. we need to give this a little time to play out. Yeah, absolutely. The confidence in letting things play out will come from your marketing strategy. So right. you'll be able to look at this through the lens mm -hmm. of who's your avatar and ask yourself. Is this even the right approach? And yeah. if you can say yes, then I think you're going to be more confident in right. giving it six months or a year exactly. to really play out. But if you say no, then you got to obviously go to what what uh, you know the area that you should be working on or applying to your marketing strategy, and really apply to that. And, it, and earlier on the podcast, I said, hey, it's not don't throw things at a wall to the sticks. It's really a matter of just building the strategy. Started the engine, getting it running, and then just kind of making tweaks here and there, turning it up and down as you need. Yeah. Uh, but even then, I think people make a mistake of turning things up and down too much. Right. You know, so right. it's like, you know, it's a story of, wow, all of a sudden we got more calls than we can handle. So let's just shut it down, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's just stop spending all of our money in these areas and right. just shut it down. But also, you know, when running a marketing engine, it also is a thing called momentum. Yep. You're building momentum, like one week on another, one day on another is building momentum. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as you freak out and shut it down because you're too busy, what happens? You got to start back from the beginning and build them, build that momentum over again. So whatever time you were building, you're losing by shutting that down. So don't shut it down. No, that's good. And I think any... Anything you're trying that's new, going to a new platform, trying a new type of ad or whatnot, uh, I would say give it at least six months. Like it just, it just all those things take time to really measure the results to see if they work or not. So, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna tweak some things, just think think of it like, okay, if you're gonna make a change, great, but commit to that change for six months at least. Measure the results over that six months and then decide. Continue, don't continue. Good deal. All right. So, um, yeah, I mean, we hope you got a lot of value out of this podcast. We love sharing these vision tools. Today, we're talking about the marketing strategy. Nathan, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, it's a great time. Um, yeah, we, we just want to ask the audience again, please subscribe, share this with a friend. Um, you know, we want to grow this podcast organically as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, our focus is to help you grow in your leadership and help you grow your organization. So, thanks again. Yeah, thanks again.